I have a question for you. What do you think of when you hear the word witch? I'm going to say it again just so you can really notice what comes up. Witch. Just take a moment to think about it. Notice what comes through when you think of the word witch. Now take a deep breath and clear your mind. When I think of the word witch, I think about a lot of things. And in the theme of what we've just celebrated, the theme of Halloween and Samhain and All Saints Day, All Souls Day, Dia de los Muertos, I wanted to talk about the concept of the word witch and what that truly means. In today's episode, we'll talk about what it means to be a witch, the concept of witch wounds, my own witch awakening on Halloween of 2012, and my journey on coming out of the woo-woo witchy closet. We're also going to talk about the possibility of being both witchy and holy. If you haven't met me before, you're going to meet more of me now. I'm your woo-woo witchy host, Vina Lene Rachel. Let's dive into today's topic. Namaste, and welcome to the Follow Your Path podcast. I'm your host, Vina Lene Rachel. I'm a moon priestess, intuitive, emotional alchemist, and channeler of the divine, and I've been diving into the world of the spiritual and metaphysical for over a decade now to self-heal my own trauma, become more emotionally stable, and cultivate my manifestation magic. I am so excited to now be bringing these same tools and techniques to you on this channel. There are a variety of ways for us to work on our higher selves. We can use practices like yoga, meditation, and breath work. We can receive energy work, crystal healing, or pull to row and oracle cards. We can call in our angels, ancestors, spirit guides, spirit animals, or more. Or maybe we find more alignment with astrology and the moon. I'm going to hold space for it all here on this channel. As you navigate each episode, I hope you find the guidance and wisdom you need to find your own path of self-healing and magic. May you become confident and courageous enough to continue to follow the path that best serves you. Thank you so much for tuning into this channel and trusting me to be a part of your unique journey. It truly is an honor to do this work and be here. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to the show, fam. Today we're getting witchy. And I want to start out by saying if that makes you feel a little uncomfortable, that's okay. The reason that I call this show the Follow Your Path podcast is because I want you to truly follow your path. You might resonate with some of the shows that I feature here. In other episodes, you might not, and that's totally okay. But if you're feeling a little weird about the concept of witchiness or the word witch, I encourage you to stick around. Because I don't think this show is going to be about what you think it's going to be about. We're going to talk a lot about how I went through my own journey of learning about what it truly means to be a witch, and I'm still learning now. So let's dive in and talk about how I feel when I hear the word witch. As I said in the intro, I think about a lot of things when I hear this word. I think first off, it just kind of makes me think of Harry Potter. If there's any Harry Potter fans out there, I'm one of them. I kind of grew up around Harry Potter, the books, and then the movies. And yeah, certainly something I resonate with when I hear the word witch or wizard. I also think about the times when I was a kid and I used to watch these 
movies with my dad, like Merlin, you know, things about witchy things, Lord of the Rings with wizards, and Harry Potter, of course, but just the entertainment around the concept of witches and wizards. And then it goes a little darker. I think about the Salem witch trials. I think about the book, The Crucible. I think about my own past lives. I recently did an Akashic Record meditation, and the very first thing that was shown to me in my Akashic Records was that I was burned at the stake as a witch in Salem. And I trust in these things that come to me in meditation, but I also think just about my heritage, my actual direct bloodline. I think about how my grandmothers and great-grandmothers and great-aunts were called witches. Or amongst my family, they were said to do witchy things when they came together. I think about my childhood and the stories that were told about how my great-grandmother and great-aunts and all the women in the family would come around and do things like move spoons or they would hold these seances and talk to somebody on the other side of the veil named Samson and one of my great aunts was blind and she would hold this chalkboard and she would write down the messages that Samson or anybody else needed to bring through. And then I also hear the stories about how my great-grandmother was married to a minister. And because of that, she did these things with her sisters and mother and aunt and whoever in the family behind closed doors. And I too grew up in the church. And I think that's why the whole witchy thing was questionable for me. I heard about these things that my grandmother did, and I love my great-grandmother. She was a part of my life until I was about 12 years old. I didn't see anything evil about her or dark. But then I would go to church, and I would hear about how, you know, witchy things are from the devil and et cetera. We all know the story. So it was a very confusing time for me. And then I had a personal experience with my great-grandmother. As a child, I had a lot of warts, <laughs> just a thing that I experienced. I had this really big wart on my foot. I had a couple of other on my feet. I had some on my hands. And I remember staying the night at my great-grandmother's for a holiday. I don't remember if it was my dad or my uncle or my grandma, or maybe it was my great-grandma herself, my great-grandma Opal. But one of them suggested that I have my great-grandmother witch my warts away, whatever that means. <laughs> I know it sounds weird. It sounds crazy, but I will never forget this. I was somewhere around the age of 10. I was spending the night at my grandmother's for the holidays, my great-grandmother's, my great-grandmother Opal. By the way, my birthstone is Opal. I was born in October. I'm a Libra, which I find is really interesting, the energy there. So she comes to me and she looks over these warts and these, these big warts on my feet and a couple on my hands. She takes a string and she touches the string to each of the warts. And then she ties a knot in the string for each of the warts. And then she goes outside in the backyard and she does something. I don't come with her. She tells me she needs to be alone. She goes out and she does her thing. The family is all supportive of this, despite the hush-hush talk. When it comes to things like this, now great-grandmother is a healer. She has a magic about her witchiness. She can witch these warts away. I don't know. I'm a kid, so I'm just going with it because I'm curious. She buries the string in the yard. We go to sleep. I wake up the next day, my warts are gone. I know, I know it sounds like the most hokey pokey thing. It sounds like a dream. I know I was a child. At 10 years old, you have a pretty strong memory, and especially when something like that happens, especially when you're dealing with this issue on your skin, those warts are painful. But I will never forget that happening. And from that moment on, I think I became a true believer in magic. And I started to get really confused about magic being involved in the process of healing and love. 
positive things, right? Not dark, not evil. My great-grandmother wasn't dark or evil. She healed me. She made these warts go away. What else could she do with her magic? And then, of course, I got into the Harry Potter books. Long before the movies, even. Just the books. And that Harry Potter craze, when it hit, it really made me start to believe in magic more. And I know that sounds maybe juvenile now. I don't know. I'm 38 years old at the time of this recording. But I still feel that magic when I watch those movies or I read those books. Because there's so much love revolving in and out of the story. And the magic is used for healing and it's used for good and it's used for the positivity of the collective. It's used for raising frequency and dispelling the darkness, right? And I could really relate to that. But then there was this confusion, again, from the church. So I mentioned I grew up in the church. I was very active in the church. I was probably in the church two to four times a week. I went to church camp every summer. I went to vacation Bible school. I helped out with VBS with little kids once I got older. I helped out with different youth things. I was involved with Fellowship of Christian Students in high school. But I really liked Harry Potter. I love the books. And it wasn't until after I graduated high school, I went to college, and I came home back to church. I came home to visit, and I went to church, of course. It wasn't until that moment that I really had a hardcore witch awakening. So the other thing I think about when I think about the word witch is I think about the red scarlet letter A. And I know that's more about sexuality, but the red scarlet letter A is kind of related now just to anything more taboo, right? More mysterious more taboo, things that we kind of are more hush-hush about. My family was hush-hush about these things. My members of my family did. But when it comes to the taboo topic of witchiness, I really think about the red scarlet letter A. And I think about it in three big words. The first is awareness, right? Awareness of the word witch. Awareness of what that means in different realms of society amongst different people. How it can be used lightheartedly for entertainment, but still brings awareness to the topic. We can put it in a Disney movie, right? Hocus Pocus. Or we can bring more awareness in the church or throughout our family. Or then we become aware through our own experience, like I did with my grandmother witching my warts away. And then a heightened awareness with the whole Harry Potter thing. So I came back to church when I was 18. I had been in college for a few months. I come back home to visit. I go to church. The first Harry Potter movie is out now, or maybe the second. I think it was the first, if I remember right. I will never forget that in the sermon in my church, Our preacher preached the whole thing about Harry Potter and how it was evil and dark and sinful and how we should be ashamed if we went and saw the movie, how we should be protesting it and how we should be burning the books. And maybe that was where the awakening hit because that concept of burning something that I loved so much just didn't set right with me. Again, remember, I had an awareness brought to me very recently in my Akashic records that I was burned at the stake as a witch. So anything to do with fire, I have a weird phobia of fire, by the way. I'm always like making sure things are unplugged, making sure the oven's turned off, making sure the fireplace is turned off. I don't run the dryer if I'm not at home. I'm weird about electrical stuff. I'm very weird about fire. And that sermon on burning the books and being ashamed of this children's movie, it really set me on fire. And it woke me up. And from there, I really separated from the church and kind of didn't look back. Now, 
that doesn't mean that I didn't come back into a relationship with Jesus or Mary Magdalene or holy consciousness. But we'll get to that down the road. So from this moment with the church, I kind of split away and I became almost atheist or agnostic. I didn't want anything to do with angels or church or Jesus or just really any of it. I was really turned off from it. But I wasn't really diving into anything on the witchy side of the world either. I wasn't into the things that I'm into now. I wasn't into astrology or card reading or crystals. Not really. I've always had an attraction to crystals, but at that time I wasn't really doing anything with crystals or rocks. So I wasn't into these things of the taboo world that I had had a great awareness and awakening around, but I also continued to notice strange things happening to me. Things that were unpredictable, unexplainable. Things that would happen to me very suddenly. Things like my ancestors, like my grandmother, who had now passed, and her mother, my great-grandmother, Opal, the witchy one. They had both passed. By the way, they both passed within a few weeks of one another. Mother and daughter. Isn't that interesting? But they started visiting me in my dreams. And it was one of those dreams that's not a dream. Very real, right? They started visiting me in the real life too. I could feel my grandmother's touch when I was kind of in that in-between space of just waking up from a dream. Or I would have these experiences where I felt like other spirits were visiting me on the earthly realm. And we'll talk about my dad in another episode, but my dad had a mediumship quality to him and I had it too, but I just didn't understand what it was. Yet, Spirits and energy from the other side did visit me when I was a young person, even as a teenager, but also in my 20s. I also noticed as I got older, I could really feel other people's emotions, their suffering, their energy, their pain, even if it was just a conversation on the phone. Even if it was a stranger I had just met, there was something about being able to feel what they were going through that put me on a quest to really truly understand what was going on with me. And that led me into a quest that looped around religion and spirituality, yet also heavily avoided the church. So I took a lot of religious courses in college. I also studied abroad in Italy to study religion and the history of religion, especially from the Dark Ages through into the Golden Ages. By the way, when I was studying abroad in Italy, that's when I had my first real great awakening or great light of awareness shine down on my relationship with Mary Magdalene. Not having the church to be involved with it at all, I came across this beautiful spiritual experience with her, which we'll talk about in another episode, but it made me go deeper into finding out more about her, which led me on a quest to finding out more about Jesus, which led me on a quest to really kind of find out more about the concepts of both religion and spirituality themselves. But eventually it was the great awakening that I would have with myself that would bring me back to what some people call God, again, never really went back into the church, but did have a great personal awakening that brought me back to the concept of God, or what I now call more of a holy consciousness. I'm going to warn you that this episode, right now, we are moving into a trigger. We're moving into a trigger around suicide. I want to put that forth in advance. My great awakening that brought me back into holy consciousness happened 
when I lost my father to suicide. And this happens with a lot of people. It might be a death. It might be some other experience. But it's usually something really shocking and really sudden that brings us back into questioning everything. Our life, our purpose. Where do these people that we love go? Where does their energy go? Is there a God? Is there a heaven? Is there a hell? Is there evil, dark, and demons, and the devil? Is there God and angels? And heaven and light? Is it something else? Is it outer space? I don't know. But I'll tell you that when I lost my father to suicide, I started questioning everything. I really started trying to find this connection to my father the way that I connected to my grandmothers and my great grandmothers and my other relatives that had come to me in dreams or that in between space, the space that I now know. It's called the liminal space. It's that space where we're just waking up from a dream, but we're still connected to the other side, or we're in a deep meditation, or even in that zone where we're just kind of dissociating from the earthly plane and our human body. We have more of that floating, dissociated experience. There's no other way to explain it, but I started to really try to figure out what it was all about, especially in the concept of energy. And if that first awakening wasn't enough to get me there, because it wasn't, to be honest, I had a second awakening happen. And remember, we're in this scarlet red letter A. I had the awareness of the witch. Now I'm in the awakening stage of the witch. My true not only spiritual awakening, but my witch awakening. And I'm going to get to why I relate the two together here in a bit in this, in this episode. But my true witch awakening happened on Halloween of 2012. Now, I lost my father in February of 2012. And then this happened on Halloween, October 31st of 2012. I was fired from my job, I kid you not, in a broom closet. Blindsided, shocked, unexpected, unaware, no real reasoning. Long story short, justice all worked out, no big deal, but I was fired in a broom closet on Halloween. Eight months after I lost my father, just shortly after that. And you want to talk about an awakening. This is long before I lived the type of life I do today. This is long before I knew anything about really energy. I was kind of in that soul-searching stage, dealing with the grief of losing my father, trying to really figure out all of that. But I didn't know anything about the moon. Or I'm much on the metaphysical plane wasn't really in my interest. I didn't do physical yoga. I sort of meditated, but not much. But at that time, when I was very disconnected from my spirituality, I was also released very suddenly and unexpectedly from my corporate retail job of eight years. Interesting, right? The, the number eight. Eight means infinity, infinite energy death, life, rebirth, right? So eight months after I lost my father, I lost my job of eight years by being fired in a broom closet on Halloween. Now, I call this my liberation. At this point in time, I do. At the time, I called it a life crisis. What the hell am I going to do with my life now moment? (laughs) You know? But it put me on that soul-searching path. And it was a liberation of my spirit because it was kind of my free myself from the matrix moment, if you will. That entire release put me on the path where I am today. I'm going to tell you exactly how this happened. So I get fired on Halloween right before the holiday season, right? Once that Halloween season is over, we're deep into Thanksgiving and Christmas. The end of the year, the wrapping up of the year, the holiday season. And we get close to the new year. And it actually 
motivated me to be fired from my job at this time. It really motivated me to start over in 2013 doing something for work that I really loved to do. And it's not like I didn't love my job, but let's be real. If you know me now, my personality, can you see me being like a corporate retail manager just doing the thing? No. I was bored. I wasn't happy. I was having to question my ethics a lot of time, to be honest. It was not my jam. And there was some sort of God, goddess, universal, you know, stand in that made me go another way. And then losing my job, you know, shortly after losing my father, it really gave me time to actually focus on myself and heal my grief. At the time, part of the way I dealt with grief was alcohol, just to be honest. I was borderline alcoholic at the time. It was not healthy. I was deep in depression. Many a time I thought about taking my own life just to join him because I missed him so much and I felt so lost without his energy. But I wasn't taking time to heal and I was coping with it with a very unhealthy thing, but it was the only thing I knew to do because I didn't have these other tools and techniques that I do now. And so when I lost my job, I had to, number one, quit spending so much on alcohol because I had to be on unemployment. And then I was bouncing job to job, waiting tables and bartending and whatnot. It wasn't a lot of money. So I had to start focusing on myself and I had to heal my grief. And I had to do it in a very budget-friendly way. Losing my job while living in another country where I was prohibited to work otherwise, it put me into a position to explore healing modalities that were more budget-friendly, like meditation and yoga, like body work, like energy healing, things that I could afford. And it also pushed me to go online into the world of social media where I could find healers willing to share their information for free. So I really sought out healing in a budget-friendly way, but I did take the time to heal after separating from my job. And from there, things snowballed. You know, diving into the online world not only helped me find healers and ways of healing, but it also gave me a community of support to help me understand myself and what I was really going through. I found other people that were grieving. I found other people that were trying to understand this connection to energy. I found other people who had other similar experiences like mine, connecting to spirit or ancestors or having really potent dreams. And as I started to learn more and connect more, I started to find myself picking up different spiritual and metaphysical breadcrumbs. And it led me to understanding things like the moon, astrology, chakras, energy. And because of all that, I started to heal my grief. You know, when I healed my grief from losing my father, and it only took four months after I lost my job, I really felt like I finally started to connect and heal the grief. I still didn't fully understand my gifts. I had this ability to self-heal. I used the power of breathwork, meditation, yoga, the concepts of chakras and energy. But I still didn't understand my gifts until I really started to meet others who were healing and doing the same kind of work. They had all not only healed themselves, but now they were helping others do the same. And sometimes their tools and their techniques were modalities that would be considered magic or witchy or woo-woo. But the more I met these self-proclaimed witches and wizards, the more comfortable I felt and the more healing I found. The more that I dove into these other realms of the mystery and the metaphysical and the taboo and the woo, I started to dive back into the world of spirituality because I was encouraged to use my gifts from the community of healers and people that were healing to cultivate light because I used all these tools and techniques that were considered magical or woo-woo or different or witchy to heal my darkness to dispel the darkness and cultivate the light and find more joy. And our internal joy is light. 
And the more I felt comfortable with healing myself using these tools and techniques, the more I was encouraged to also use these gifts for the good of all, not the evil, for the good. I was encouraged to use my power, to use my magic, to use my ability to cultivate light, to raise the frequency of the greater good, to help others learn how to do the same, to heal themselves. And that's when I started to understand energy as it pertains to holy consciousness. I started to understand that the angels were holy, healing, white, positive light. I started to understand that people like Mary Magdalene and Jesus were bringers of light to this world. They were healers. And it might be weird to call them witches and wizards, but they were. Because they had ancient, deep, holy source consciousness wisdom to raise the frequency of all, to inspire all to do better, to inspire all to heal, to inspire all to connect to their holy source consciousness, the God, goddess, universal energy within to cultivate their light. So yes, in my ways of exploring the woo, the witchy, the taboo, the different, the things that were hush-hush, I actually found myself growing closer to the love of God, to the love of Jesus. I started exploring the stories of the Bible more. I started to aim to achieve what some call a Christ-like lifestyle or a Christ consciousness or what I now call a Christosophia consciousness or a holy consciousness because Jesus was a healer and he saw the light in everyone else. He saw the healer in everyone else and he knew that each one's individual ability to heal, it required their own personal individual magic their own type of God, holy-like ability to shine through. Okay, I realize I'm digressing, but the more I started to realize I had gifts of my own and that it was okay to actually believe in them, that they were good things and they were abilities guided by light, I started to attract certain realms and ways of healing, not only to help myself, but also to help others. I came across things that worked for me and I came across things that didn't work for me, but maybe they worked for others. So I started to share my story, my experiences, my wisdom, what I had been through and what I thought may be useful to others going through their own journey. And the more I shared from my own heart, the more that my own internal gifts grew the more I started to trust where I was called, the more I grew my intuition. And the more I started to find myself getting all sorts of trainings and certifications and taking different courses and learning from other healers how to do the work that I now do on the collective. You know, the Reiki, the energy work, the yoga, the mediumship, the clairs. We'll talk about that in a moment, but the clairs that I now utilize, all of these extra magical witchy gifts within me, I wouldn't be doing any of it now. I wouldn't believe in any of it now if I hadn't been fired in that broom closet on Halloween day. Do you want to learn more about the moon? Do you want to understand how the moon's energy affects you and the world around you? Do you want to learn how to use the moon to reach your goals and manifest your dreams? I've created two great options to help you do just that. My first option for you is my free three-part moon magic masterclass. 
This is a three-part workshop that takes you through the new moon, full moon, and half moons so that you can better understand these lunar phases and how their energy affects you. You also learn a little bit more about how to use the moon to reach your goals. If you'd like to tune into this three-part workshop, you can go to venalinnae.com slash free moon masterclass. Now, I also have a second option where you can own that moon magic masterclass forever. It comes as a bonus with my moon magic program. This is an online program I created to take you through an entire lunar cycle and learn more about the new moon, first quarter moon, full moon, and last quarter moon. You also learn about how these lunar phases affect your energy and how to align better with the energy to reach your goals and manifest your dreams. The Moon Magic program has pre-recorded new moon and full moon ceremonies. It also has guided meditations and breathwork practices for each lunar phase and all kinds of other bonus goodies all about the moon. If you would like to learn more about this program or sign up, you can go to avinalinnae.com slash moonmagic. That's M-A-G-I-C-K, magic with a K. And don't forget, you get that Moon Magic Masterclass as a bonus. You get to own that forever when you purchase the Moon Magic program. Listeners today will receive 13% off Moon Magic with the discount code PODCASTMOON. That's 13% off for 13 moons in a lunar calendar year. So if you want to check out my free three-part Moon Magic Masterclass, go to venalinnae.com slash free moon masterclass. And if you want to learn more about my program Moon Magic, you can go to venalinnae.com slash moonmagic. That's magic with a K. And don't forget to enter Podcast Moon in the checkout for 13% off. Now, I have one more option for you. I have an opportunity for you to get that Moon Magic program for free. But you're going to have to stick around a little bit longer to find out how. I'll tell you how to get Moon Magic for free later on in this episode. I want to go back to that concept of the red scarlet letter A. We've talked about my awareness of the concept of the witch, the word witch. We've talked about my awareness of maybe my own witchy abilities. We've talked about the awakenings I've gone through, the second red letter A. Things that we don't talk about, right? Suicide, it's a hush-hush topic. It's a whole episode I'm going to talk about with the healing that I went through, the self-healing to heal the grief of losing my father in that way. Because I think when you lose a parent in that way, it's, it's a lot. It requires its own episode to talk about. It won't be enough even. But it was a great awakening. And then the second great awakening of losing my job, getting fired in the broom closet on Halloween. But let's move on to the third letter A. Arrival. Arrival into being the witches and wizards that we are. My arrival into claiming my own witchiness, my own magic, my own wisdom, trusting my internal intuition and the things that I was called to to heal that might have been a little weird or different or taboo. But my red letter A arrival, I don't think it really truly happened until I got in touch with my sacral chakra. Now we all have an energetic sacral chakra. Doesn't matter what gender you identify with, but for the sake of my own experience, I am going to be referring to the feminine reproductive area and the female sacral womb space, although we all have an energetic womb space. I just want to put that out there because I'm going to talk about this from the relationship of me getting off of hormonal birth control. So shortly after really finding the healing of the grief of losing my father, it happened in February of 2013, one year after losing him. 
by the way, they say it takes 366 days to really find a different energy, to alchemize the, the energy around grief. So if you're still in that portal, my heart is with you. And I'm sending you healing vibes and I just encourage you to keep breathing through it and finding what you need to heal and seek out the help you need no matter what kind of help that is. Whatever helps bring you more light, more joy, that's where you need to go. But just know that it does take time. They say time heals all wounds. And it's true. So I healed the grief of my father I would say around February of 2013, about a year after losing him. And then in June of 2013, I got engaged to my husband. And by 2015, (laughs) we had gotten married and I had made the decision to go off of hormonal birth control. Now, for about a year or so before that, I had started to learn more about natural fertility, a woman's fertility cycle, hormones, natural hormones, following the path of the moon in regards to our cycle. I was starting to understand a lot of that, but I didn't really truly get in touch with it and start applying what I had learned until 2015 in the summer when I got off of hormonal birth control. I had been on birth control for about 17 years. I was put on it as a teenager. I had cysts on my ovaries. And this was the solution. I had issues with my periods. This was the solution. When I was in college, I was diagnosed with endometriosis. A variety of birth controls were the solution. I still ended up having surgery for it. And yet I was put on birth control after. Eventually, I had one of those wonderful side effects of the NuvaRing. I ended up with an issue with my gallbladder. I had to have my gallbladder out. And yet again, I was still on the birth control. It wasn't until my husband kind of mentioned to me something he had heard on the news and something I had come across as well. It was information that birth control might be contributing to anxiety and depression. And I'd certainly gone through those things with losing my father, but I went down into some deep, deep mood swings as well over time. And my husband said, maybe you should think about getting off of birth control now. You know, we're probably going to have a family soon. And, you know, we're not worried about it. We're married. And took his advice. And I did that. And when I did that, I went through such a shift. And for those of you that have done this, that have gone off of birth control, especially cold turkey like I did, or you've had any sort of um, chemical, pharmaceutical type hormonal shift that you've gone through, it's a lot. But in that process, I think it's because I really got in touch with my sacral chakra in my energetic womb space for the first time since I was 16 years old, that I had a great kundalini awakening at the same time. It was just a lot of energy trying to come through at once. And as I slowly regained control of my womb, I started to understand that this was a space of creative energy, that it was a space of life, death, and rebirth over and over again through the menstrual cycle. I started to learn that it was my internal moon as I started to connect my cycle to the moon in natural fertility. I learned that the sacral chakra and this reproductive space inside of me was my internal moon an internal lunar energy. I also learned that this was a space where my creative energy flowed, not only to create a human life, but to create anything that I wanted to. The more I learned about my internal moon and the external moon, about my fertility and my energy, I started to become more clear-minded and I've heard other women describe this when they come off of birth control. It's almost like you have this brain fog that's been removed. But in addition to seeing more clearly in my mind, I also started to become more clear and clear. And this is what I was talking about, the clairs, clear audience, clear sentience, clairvoyance. There's several of them. I started to get in touch with these. But 
still not quite understanding what they were at the same times. So I started to dive in deeper. As I started to connect into my womb space, my internal moon, my intuition, all of these other clairs that I had, I started to feel the magic within me as if it was a cauldron, right? Our pelvis is shaped like a bowl. We can imagine it like a cauldron holding this magic water, the water of life, right? As I started to connect to that sacred magical cauldron, I started to feel a call again to learn more. So just as I had trusted my intuition to self-heal my grief and to start finding a path of doing what I loved for a living, I again started to feel the call to seek out others to help me learn more and to help me cultivate my gifts, to move beyond that community of support that I had found online to heal or to discover my gifts or to start to trust in them. I was now feeling the call to start to learn more from others like Reiki masters, shamans, and other healers who knew what these gifts were in me and how to actually use them, that they could teach me. And it's interesting, the more I went to these people and learned from them and cultivated my gifts, the more I was reassured over and over again that these weren't things that were evil or bad, that they were always for the good. And that's why we're called energy workers or sometimes we're referred to as light givers. Healers cultivate the light. As I mentioned before, it's the light of source, of God, goddess, of universe, of creation. It's the light that brings positive white healing, high vibrational light to the collective darkness. It's that light that Jesus carried. It's that light that Mary Magdalene carried. It's the light that others like Buddha have carried. Or people in today's day and age that motivate us to be better, to do better, to heal ourselves, to cultivate our light. It's those people that are doing the good on this planet, not the evil, not the bad. And sometimes they're referred to as witchy because they're constantly traversing the darkness. They're referred to as dark or evil because they associate with the shadows. Because they've associated with the shadows themselves to self-heal. I have walked through the darkness, sisters and brothers. And by walking through the darkness, I've found ways to cultivate the light. I've learned to self-heal, to come out of the shadows. And out of that, I've also learned to guide others to do the same. But because us healers understand that darkness... And can lead others through it because we've been there before. We're sometimes seen as evil or bad or dark. And it's how the word witch got twisted. It's how it got morphed from something complimentary, something admirable and trustworthy. You know, I don't look at my shamans. I don't look at my great grandmother. I don't look at all of these people who have been through the darkness as evil as something dark and so incredibly skewed in this modern day age, I see these people as the light bringers, as the holy ones, as the ones that help me to get closer to God and to that holy consciousness. So we all have gifts to do this. And sometimes we seek out others for these gifts. Sometimes we seek out others to help us find the gifts within ourselves. But we all have these inherent beautiful gifts, this light within us, the light that Jesus saw in everybody. We all have that magical light within us as a specific gift. I want to talk about these gifts now. So the more I've cultivated my gifts over the years, the more I've started to heal something called my witch wound. And most of us have some form of this. It's usually in the way we doubt our intuition 
or we don't answer that call to go to a certain place to self-heal. It's in the way that we hold ourselves back from even our creativity, the things that we want to bring forth from our mind into the earthly realm. I had a strong witch wound around self-doubt. You know, I've always had these gifts, the ability to feel others, the ability to sense energy, the ability to foresee things, the ability to connect to the other side, different forms of divination. But I truly thought in my head I was going crazy. Like, I must be crazy, right? Even though I had heard about my relatives having gifts like telekinesis or mediumship, On the other side, I was taught that these things were surrounded by evil and darkness. But as I grew older and started to experience my own ways of the woo and my own gifts and my own things coming through, there was always this thought in the back of my mind that I was maybe some sort of witch, like the women before me, like my grandmother, my great-grandmothers, my great-aunts. Maybe I did have some sort of magic inside like they did. And that maybe using my gifts wasn't evil or bad after all. The truth is, the word witch actually comes from the phrase wise woman. And it was once such a compliment to have. You know, most of us women have some certain inner wisdom or certain magical path that we're attracted to. Some of us, like me, we have inherent knowledge and wisdom around the moon and the stars. You know, these type of women were keen with interpreting birth charts or explaining astrological events. But there's other women that are more keen on the earthly plane. They hold wisdom and knowledge on plants or animals or nature. You might find these wise women gardening or tending to animals like a veterinarian, or hunting. There's other women that hold wisdom and knowledge around the human body. They might be midwives, they might be naturopaths, they might be into body work like massage, yoga, energy healing, you know, the list goes on and on. But how would you feel if I interpreted all of the above as women who were moon witches, or plant witches, or crystal witches, or animal witches, or forest witches, body witches, energy witches. It's a totally different vibe, right? The truth is, we all have this deep wisdom that we've always just kind of known or been into that we just can't explain to others. It's the stuff that we want to talk to people about for hours, but it may be a little off from the norm. It might be a little weird. But it's these realms that also bring us the most joy. So there's a challenge or a tension that comes with this. And this can sometimes be described as a witch wound. Or we can now look at this as maybe a deep-seated wisdom wound. It's something that we're into, that we're attracted to, that maybe others don't believe in. Or others doubt and instill the same doubt within you. And these wisdom wounds or witch wounds are what we need to heal. They're what we need to heal in order to cultivate our magic. Not only to heal ourselves, but to help others heal. And eventually all of that magic leads to you cultivating a true life of joy. The more we heal our witch wounds, the more we heal wounds in our sacral chakra. The more we heal our sacral chakra, the more we let our creativity flow, the more we express ourselves, the more we trust that wisdom, the more we go to the things that bring us pleasure and joy, that light us up. So go to those things that you're into, no matter how off they are, and find others that are into them too. Find your other plant witches, your kitchen witches, your moon witches, your money witches. How many of you know women that can literally just turn anything into gold? I'm talking paper money, like they're investors, or they're really good at flipping houses, or you know they're just involved in money in some way. Maybe they're into antiquing or something like that refunking junk, you know, but they can turn things into gold, money witches, alchemy. This is magic. 
And by the way, there are wizards as well, I mentioned before. They embrace more of a masculine energy, but they also have all of these great intuitive magical gifts too, and the clairs. I'm just speaking from the female perspective because it's what I know. It's what I'm more familiar with. And in my opinion, there's this specific witchy thing that comes with a woman's sacral chakra. This sacred, sacral womb space that holds the magic waters of life where we can create anything, including a human being. It's that whole energetic cauldron thing that just makes me stick with the female side of the magic, the witchy stuff. But my point being, we all have it, right? We all have this stuff. A lot of times it comes from our ancestors, like it came from my grandmothers. It came from people on my father's side. Sometimes it comes from our bloodline. Sometimes it comes from the energy of the womb. Sometimes it comes from the energy of our elders and the generations before us. It's passed down to us. But that's why I wanted to do this episode now as we've come out of all of this celebration around death. The Samhain portal just closed, which means summer is over now. We're at the last harvest. We've honored the ones that have passed and the ones that have inspired us, like the saints on All Saints Day or the souls on All Souls Day. We honor our family, our ancestors, the elders that gave us our magic on Dia de los Muertos, on Halloween, on All Hallows' Eve. These are all celebrations of death. And I wanted to release this episode around this time because all of these gifts that I have came from my ancestors. And I've had to heal my witch wounds to really heal that toxicity that's cluttered the bloodline. I've had to heal the wounds that came from the church and the patriarchy and the people in my family that didn't believe in magic. And I had to heal the wounds from what I gained around those around us that suppressed my gifts and my abilities and made me question everything. I had to heal the wounds of my grandmothers and my great-grandmothers and my great-aunts and all the other women in my family that were labeled witchy or magical in a negative way. I'm healing that now by coming out of the witchy closet and saying, hey, I'm woo, I'm magical, I am a light giver, a light worker, I've traversed the darkness, yes, I've been deep in the trenches of evil, I've drowned in my own demons and woes and sorrows, but I've also found the light within myself and I've helped others find the light and I found a community of light workers and we might be weird and we might be woo-woo and we might be doing things that people don't understand right now but it's all for the good it's all for the greater good it's all to raise the frequency of the collective to bring in a more holy consciousness, to help everybody see their own light. Because when we all see our own light, when we all trust our own gifts, when we all believe in our own magic and creative abilities, we have no reason to bring in the darkness, the doubt, the things that take over us that make us feel low because we're in the light, we're in the joy, we're doing what we love because we're embracing our magic. And our magic comes in what we take pleasure in. You can heal through food. You might be a kitchen witch or wizard. You can heal through art. You might be an art witch or wizard. <laughs> you might be a musical witch or wizard. Music heals. We know that through studies now, especially through things like Alzheimer's, right? We have the ability to create gold out of whatever we are able to embrace within ourselves. We all have a magic within us to turn the darkness into light, 
to create that gold of this golden age that we are awakening into. I believe I've been on this path before. When I had that experience in Italy, learning about the shift from the medieval ages, the dark ages, to the Renaissance, the golden ages. I believe I was in that shift, and I believe that I'm in it again. And it's taken me 38 years, somewhat, around that time to really come out of the witchy closet and embrace it and be myself. But I'm coming out now because I want you all to come out too and believe in your magic. So these are to all my witches and wizards that are still in their magical closets, still kind of hiding in the shadows of the darkness. Come out into the light. I want you to send me a message on social media or an email or put it here in the show review. I want you to tell me what your magic is because I want to hold space for it. How do you turn darkness into gold? How have you healed yourself? What are you drawn to? What do you want to use to help others heal? What do you want to talk about for hours that's a little different but brings in more light to the collective? I want to know. And I want to hold space for it. And I want to support you because it's that support of community that helped me to get to where I am today. Embracing my light, being an emotional alchemist, being a moon priestess. Really trusting my ability to channel the divine. And I want to be that support system for you too. So thank you to all of the witches and wizards that have held me, have taught me to believe in my magic, that have helped me to cultivate it, and that have supported me to keep going. Thank you to those who have been wise in their ways and not afraid to share it. To embrace their wisdom as a witch or wizard, a wise person. I thank you for giving me the courage to come out of my wisdom closet now and embrace my witchiness and my magic too. Are you ready to heal your witch wounds? Are you ready to dive deep into shadow work and heal your family wounds? Are you ready to cultivate your creativity and find your manifestation magic? We do all of this and more in my signature program, Conscious Creatress. This is a 16-week online program that I created specifically for women. I guide you through four lunar phases where you learn not only about the moon and how it affects your energy, but you also learn about the four energy centers of manifestation. By understanding both the energy around you and the energy within you, you can better align to reach your goals and truly, finally create the magical life of your dreams. Now, I only open up enrollment for Conscious Creators a few times a year. So if you want to go check out more, you can go to venalinnae.com slash Conscious Creators. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S-C-R-E-A-T-R-E-S-S. venalinnae.com slash Conscious Creators to find out more. You can also go to my website, venalinnae.com, click on offerings and store, and you'll find the program there. Now, remember earlier how I mentioned you could get moon magic for free? You get that as a bonus for free with enrollment into the Conscious Creators program. So if you want to truly dive deep into learning about the moon, learning about yourself, and learning how to get yourself to that next level where you're really in that co-creative state, I hope that you'll check out my program, Conscious Creatress, and see if it's the right fit for you. If you want to learn more about this program, go to venalinnae.com slash Conscious Creatress. I can't wait to work with you and help you find your magic. That is what I have for you today, fam. I hope that you believe in your magic. If you're still seeking it out, I would love to help you figure out your path. Send me a message. I'm here to help guide you. I've got a little bit of that light to shine for you too. So let me know if you have any questions. 
about the ways of the witch. I have some interviews coming up in the future that I'm going to share here on the show. Some true witches, some pagans, some Wiccans, some shamans. Some wise people with lots of wisdom that I want to share to the world because I think it helps to serve and bring more light. But what do you want to know around this topic? What questions do you have? Let me know somewhere. Don't forget to rate the show. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Until we meet again, may we all be healthy. May we all heal, self-heal, find ways to heal. May we all be happy. May we find our light and cultivate it and hold on to it and grow it and spread it. May we all know peace in who we are and what we want to share. May it be peaceful. May we all feel loved in who we are and what we do. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. Blessed be. I hope today's message served you. If you enjoy the Follow Your Path podcast, I would love for you to leave a review. As a thank you, every month I do a drawing from the reviews and I choose one person to win a free one hour, one-on-one soul coaching session with me. This can be done in person or online depending on where you are. I also feature reviews on my website and social media. So thank you for the feedback and the testimonials. It truly is an honor to be here. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to meeting with you again in the next episode.